Hi, Phil Spencer here, and this is Mortgage Insider from Barclays, the podcast series for mortgage brokers. I'm a property expert and sometime TV presenter, and every fortnight I'll use my experience to get to the heart of the biggest issues in the property sector. I'll be joined along the way by industry leaders, brokers, and indeed Barclays' own experts who will share their insight and expertise to help you navigate the challenges, changes and opportunities in the world of property. Over the past few years, we've seen interest rates creep up to their highest level for 15 years. The decision taken by the Bank of England on interest rates is one of the biggest factors when it comes to the interest rates paid by mortgage holders. But how does the decision taken by the Bank of England actually impact mortgage rates? And how do banks set rates? And how much of that decision is based on the Bank of England's base or bank rate? It's a complicated picture. But fortunately, friends, today I am joined by Charles Rowe. Charles is Director of Mortgages at UK Finance the banking industry trade body. Charles, great to have you with me. Thank you for coming in. My pleasure. Can we kick things off by talking a bit about the factors, all of the different factors that lenders use themselves to set their lending rates? Yeah, of course. Um, And when banks are setting their mortgage rate, there's a lot of things they look at. The first thing, first of all, is, is it a fixed rate mortgage or is Mm. it a variable rate mortgage? If it's a variable rate mortgage or a mortgage that is related to perhaps the base rate, whether it's a tracker, mm-hmm. um, the banks will price generally off the Bank of England base rate. But on top of that, they will put on a margin for, in terms of the cost of funds, so how much is it um, uh, they having to pay to savers yeah. to, to get those funds. They'll also look at the type of mortgage, the loan to value. So the higher the loan to value, the um, generally the higher the mortgage rate. Um, and that's to account for risk. They will also have to look in terms of the credit worthiness of the borrower. So if you've got a good credit history, you'll get their best rate. If you've got a slightly less good Mm -hmm. credit history, you'll get a a higher rate. Um, There's also competition in the market. So in terms of banks will want to maintain either their market share or depending on their strategic objectives to either reduce it or increase it. Um, And then we mustn't forget that not all borrowers are able to maintain their mortgage payments. So the banks will face um, some losses Mm -hmm. if they have to repossess a property and they may be facing losses there so there's three or four things that they will price into that um, into that mortgage product when you look at fixed rate um, products the overriding um, factor that goes in there is in terms of how much it's costing the bank to get those fixed rate funds in the financial markets so in terms of what are the future swap rates so the likely expectation of future interest rates in two or five years time Um, on top of that they will still have to put in into their little bit of profit, they'll have to put in their marketing, their overhead yeah, costs, yeah. Um, any losses that they may have, and consider things like loan to value, credit worthiness, just like they do on a variable rate mortgage. There's a lot of moving parts involved, aren't there? There's a huge amount of yeah, moving parts involved. One of the biggest things that some banks will take into account there is in terms of what is their funding model. So are they rece- are they using funds that come from savings accounts and yeah. deposits to help? Um, fund their mortgages, or are they using them from the wholesale markets? Um, so that's other banks and building So they're societies. borrowing money themselves? They're borrowing money yeah. themselves from uh, perhaps other financial institutions to lend. Okay. Um, and then the 
other big issue, and we heard a little bit around this uh, in the past when we talked uh, in terms of when interest rates were going up on the mortgage side, in terms of swap rates. So mm. that's the swap rates are what the financial money markets think future interest rates will be in two or five years in the future. So they're forecasting what interest rates will be in the future. And that is what influences generally the interest rate that is charged on the fixed rate mortgages that some um, homeowners um, generally take out, whether it's mm. two, three or five years. You, you mentioned lenders and their different models. Do some lenders use a variety of different methods of accessing the finance? Yes, they do. Yeah, so some some banks and building societies will use uh, members' deposits. Um, so you'll see there will be they may offer a two-year fixed rate savings account. So they will yeah. use some of that money to uh, uh, to fund their two-year fixed rate mortgages. But they will but, also go out into the money markets. Exactly. So they will go out into the money market and say, we want to borrow um, some money. We've got some short-term funds, yeah. so instant access. We want to make sure that we can lend that long-term, so yeah. two or five years. And the money markets will give a exchange rate, or sorry, give a price on that, an interest um, yeah. hedge for the bank or the building society to take that so they can lend that money which they've borrowed what we call short and lend it long. Charles, is there a difference between the, the traditional building society model and, and the bank's model of, of, of accessing their finance and, and, and their lending? There's a small difference, not a huge difference, but if you think of a, the banking model, um, the large high street banks, they have a lot of current accounts. So they have a lot of what yes. we call, you know, non-interest bearing accounts there, which they can use. That, they can use that money. So they're not having to pay interest on that. Yes. Whereas the building societies, all their accounts are savings accounts. So they generally don't have a current account. So they have okay. deposit accounts. So they're having to pay interest on that. Got so it. the cost of funding for building mm. societies is marginally more expensive than it is for banks in the okay. general rule of thumb. It's kind of unsurprising. It takes a little while to get a mortgage. There's it? a lot. There's a lot involved. There's, there's a lot, lot that go goes. In, there is yeah. a lot that goes in there. Yeah. But what we've found is that's for, it's a robust way of doing things. Mm. The Bank of England seem to be happy with how the banks are are doing this. The regulator is happy in terms of the conduct regulator. The FCA are comfortable with it as well. Um, and the market is there. There is choice for all borrowers at the moment. Yeah. That choice. It's a little bit more expensive than it used to be, yeah. but that's as a factor or as a result of increasing in the Bank of England base rate. Sure. How do you explain that sometimes the gap between the base rate and the mortgage rate is is bigger? That that can that can change. So if if, if we we talk about the um, difference between the Bank of England base rate and in terms of fixed rate mortgages, if we go back a year ago, what we see then is that interest rates, the Bank of England base rate, was just over two percent. Um, and a two-year fixed-rate mortgage was priced at just over 6%. So there was an interest differential there mm -hmm. of about four percentage points. Yeah. If we look at it today, I look at the, um, the, the Bank of England base rate, it's 5.25%. Um, the two-year fixed-rate mortgage is about, um, it's about 6%, just under 6% at the moment. So now what we see is that the interest rates are much closer and yeah, much really more aligned close. than they were 12 months ago. Now, the reason for that is because the base rate, the Bank of England base rate, has moved up to where the market expected yeah. the interest rates to be a year ago. So they got so it right. They got it right. That's right. They used their crystal balls. They've got it right. <laughs> the powers that be. I mean, it, it's very complicated, but it's. I guess we should be comforted that actually they've forecasted correctly and they've got it right. That's right. That's right. So if we look at the yeah. future, we can see that um, uh, 
the, the base rate um, is going to stay at around the level it is at the moment, at, yeah. le uh, at least until 2025. Mm -hmm. That's what the forecasters are saying. This is what the mm -hmm. economists at the Bank of England have been saying. They've been talk talking about it. They've called it this um, uh, table mountain approach. Mm -hmm. So flatter for longer rather than um, what we've seen before in terms of the, uh, the, the Matterhorn approach, mm -hmm. which is yeah. spi spikes and peaks and troughs. And, and where do mortgage swaps fit into the picture? Yeah, so, so mortgage swaps are, are really important in terms of giving certainty to lenders when they're lending money for two or five years uh, of t periods of time. So what they do is banks, building societies will take money on short-term uh, notice from borrowers yeah. or from savers, sorry. So they'll take that money in into savings accounts. It could be an instant access account. It could be a six-month notice account. But because that is on a variable rate of interest and they want to lend to borrowers for two or five years at mm -hmm. a fixed rate, what they need to do is they need to be able to convert that variable rate of interest into a long-term fixed rate of interest to provide yes. certainty to them and to their borrower. Yeah. So they go into the money markets and they get a swap rate. So basically, you're swapping the interest rate that you are paying on the short-term deposits. In return, you get a fixed um, rate of interest for a longer-term uncertainty there. And that's what uh, are used, those fixed-rate deposits, mm -hmm. uh, fixed-rate fixed rate swaps are what are used to price fixed-rate mortgages. Got it. I'm glad I had you in the room to answer that one because it's complicated, isn't it? And, and actually, the consumers don't need to understand the, 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 the detail of that. How has um, the way that banks set their mortgage lending rates, has it changed? I mean, if we go back to 2008, 2009, has it changed since that time? In terms of how the banks have set their um, mortgage rates, has changed a little bit, not a huge amount. What, what we've seen is since 2008, 2009, fixed rate mortgages have become much more popular. They're about 80% of the mortgage market now in terms of um, that's what homeowners want, that's yeah. what um, borrowers want, because it gives certainty for a period of time. Sure. But what has changed is the way banks um, stress affordability with borrowers. So... Pre the financial crisis, you could go and self-certify yes. how much you were earning. Um, so yeah. there was no checks and balances to say, well, actually, I'm earning £50,000 a year. Um, mm. The banks, the brokers took you on your word. You mm. sign. This is what I earn. Also, in terms of um, banks want to make sure that when your fixed rate um, product has matured, so in two years or maybe in five years, you can afford the mortgage rate that you might be going on to in that two or five years time. Whereas before the financial crisis, that didn't happen. Um, and that's why we have, there has been a lot in the press at the moment in terms of first-time buyers not being able to get onto the housing mm. market. Not because they don't have the deposit, but they can't afford a, um, the they don't get through the stress it, test. Uh, through the yeah. stress test, exactly. And, and did the stress test also manage to take into account things like inflation, cost of living, all of that? It it doesn't. What it does do, though, is it takes into account um, where the banks or the lenders think that the interest, interest rates, rates will be, be yes. at a future date. And they have to build in a, a lever for that, an additional okay. amount. What we have done is we've done a lot of work at UK Finance to see what interest rates people were stressed at, borrowers were stressed at over the last two years, mm -hmm. what they are reverting to now. So if they took out a fixed rate mortgage two yeah. years ago, um, when you could get a, a fixed rate mortgage for two years at under 1%, and now you'd go on to a fixed rate mortgage for two years and be about 6%. Mm -hmm. Our figures are indicating that those customers and those borrowers two years ago would have have been stressed at somewhere around six and a half, seven percent. Okay, okay. So they've still yeah. got what we're yeah. calling wriggle room 
in their yeah. affordability. So uh, th- there's a lot of stuff in the news and what have you about people coming off their fixed rates and, and you know, there's a bit of doom mongering going on. But actually you're saying they've been stressed and they passed the test and they'll be okay. And it's well, not pretty... no, I'm not saying they'll be okay. They, <laughs> yes. they, they passed the yes. test when they took their mortgage yes. out. As we all know, we spend up yes. to, you know, our, our income. Mm. Um, but any borrower who is facing financial difficulty, who's concerned about their mortgage, mm. um, I would always encourage them to reach out to your lender, speak to your lender early. Mm-hmm. Um, your lender have teams of trained individuals that are experienced in helping people that are facing financial difficulties. Um, and they will, won't judge you. They won't give an opinion in terms of whether you've been foolhardy or whether you've been, mm. you know, what you've done is correct. They will work with you to find a solution. But the earlier you speak to them, mm-hmm. the greater the number of solutions and options they have available in their toolkit that they mm. can use. Good advice. So brokers should, I mean, get in contact with your with, with your customers and clients and, and, and understand if they are facing difficulties. And you, the, the, earlier, the earlier you do that, the more help you can be. Very much so. And likewise, if you get that proactive call from your from your customer, the person mm. that you set up uh, and gave a, a mortgage to, arranged a mortgage to yeah. 18 months ago, and they say, I've only, I don't know what to do. I can't afford my mortgage. Mm. It's a little bit more than I expected in terms of I've now got greater mm. gas bills. I've got um, yes. children going to school. Yeah. What do I do? Mortgage broker, you know, speak to them, but mm. point them to the to the lender. The lender can help. Okay. There are options. There are the plenty of options out there. But okay. as I said, do it early. Don't yeah. leave it to the last minute. Good advice. What else would you say that brokers should be kind of watching for going into 2024? We touched briefly in terms of signs of distress, in terms of the borrowers that, they're, that they've been working with. The, the other thing is in terms of interest rates um, at the moment are not forecast to fall much before the end of next year, so 2024. Ooh, that hurt. Um, that does hurt. <laughs> yeah. That does hurt. But the mortgage market remains very competitive. We've seen over recent weeks... Um, that lenders have been cutting interest rates slowly um, and very small amounts, but they're cutting interest rates because they want to remain competitive. Mm. So I think what we will do is we will see that um, uh, the banks will still want to maintain their their market share. They will want to have competitive products out there. They're in business to lend money. That's what they want to do. Exactly. But I think what we won't see is we won't see the rapid repricing Mm. that we saw when interest rates were going up earlier this year. Um, I think products will be around for a little bit longer. But it will be; they will be coming down or around the level they are at the moment. But as the uh, as the economists at the Bank of England have said, we are now facing a table mountain moment rather than the Matterhorn. So that analogy, what they're talking about there, is interest rates won't be peaking and troughing yeah. as we've seen in the past. It'll be much flatter for longer. When there was all that repricing going on and and and, and products being pulled left, right, and centre, I, I presume that was because I mean the banks. They are in business to lend money, but it was of uncertain time for the banks just as it was for the customers. So they're not going to lend money unless they know what they're borrowing money about. Exactly. And this is what we were talking about in terms of before in terms of the swap rates, how are swap rates priced and the long-term um, look, uh, um, outlook for interest rates. Mm. So if inflation is getting very high and the Monetary Policy Committee at the Bank of England has an objective to keep interest uh, to keep inflation at around 2%. The way they do that is increasing interest rates because if they increase interest rates, the theory is that consumers have less, less money to mm. spend because they're spending more money on their mortgages. Yeah. So what we saw is when inflation was going up as a result of what happened in um, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, 
interest rates were going up um, because of inflation going up. And there we saw um, uh, the, the banks having to reprice rapidly yeah. in because they were reacting to what they were seeing in the hedge markets and the mm. future markets for interest rate swaps. Just on yeah. that, in terms of that rapid repricing, one of the things that banks do realize and they recognize is the importance of the broker community for them to be able to distribute their product. The last thing a bank wants to do is to go and alienate their broker network or in terms of the relationships mm. they've got. The banks over the course of the earlier part of this year, this time last year, were immensely grateful for all of the work that the brokers across the UK did in trying to secure those right products for those customers yeah. and those borrowers that were facing increases in interest rates. And the banks recognise that the relationship they have with the brokers is a partnership. It can only operate and work if they're supporting each other. Mm. The banks don't want to pull in, uh, mortgages at short notice. No, they they don't. don't want to alienate their distribution network. But at the same time, as you, if we've talked about, they have to make a profit and they can't sell mortgages at mm. a loss because the financial regulator <laughs> then won't like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they understand the challenge that this causes, but they want to work with brokers to make sure that they understand the issue. Got it. And I think from from the broker's perspective, actually, these are uncertain times and there are a lot of moving parts. And actually, this is when the customers, sorry, the borrowers actually need broking advice. Very, very much so. Very much so. And, and as interest rates start going up, um, and we've seen this in terms of borrowers coming off lower fixed rate products onto higher fixed rate products. It's how they make that transition and mm -hmm. how the broker can help those customers yeah. find the best deal that's available for them. Now, it may be that that customer sticks with the existing mortgage mm -hmm. lender that they've got because that's the best product that's available. The, mm -hmm. the lender might have a follow-on product. But the broker still has a part to play Absolutely. to just reach out to that borrower yeah. In plenty of time before the fixed rate yeah. matures yeah. and say, this is what you need to look at. And, and the good brokers will know their customers, know their clients. And, and it's a relationship. It's an ongoing relationship. It is. And I'm pleased you've mentioned that because that brings me on to a really important part of um, uh, the, the FCA's regulatory remit, which is consumer duty. And that's impacted all parts of the mortgage sector and the lending sector. In yeah. fact, the financial services sector, where there's retail customers, over the course of the last year. And there, what we have to do in terms of making sure that our customers, whether they are the customers of the mortgage broker, mm -hmm. whether they're customers of the bank, are getting good outcomes. It's not a fair outcome anymore. It's a good outcome. So yeah. an outcome that is not going to create foreseeable harm for that borrower. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the emphasis on the broker of working with their yeah. borrower and their customer is much more front and centre than perhaps mm. it has been in the past. And rightly so too. Charles, thank you so much. Thank you. That was Charles Rowe, Director of Mortgages at UK Finance, the banking industry trade body. And just to point out, we recorded this episode on the 24th of October before the autumn statement and the latest Bank of England base rate decision. The views expressed by external guests in this podcast are their opinions only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Barclays. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Insider. I'm Phil Spencer and this has been a Fresh Air production for Barclays. Please rate, review and follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>